Amateur Radio Newsline report number 2404 with a release date of Friday, November 24th, 2023 to follow in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. The following is a QST. Radio waves may be used to help diagnose climate issues, a launch of the first pink satellite in space, and can you turn a can of ham into an antenna? All this and more as Amateur Radio Newsline report number 2404 comes your way right now. From around the world, this is Newsline, Amateur Radio's independent on-the-air news and bulletin service. Now, reporting from Union, Kentucky, here's Neil Rapp, WB9VPG. Our top story this week asks the question, can radio waves help diagnose climate issues? A team of researchers says yes. And Kent Peterson, KC0DGY, tells us what else they're saying. The atmosphere has a message for us, and it's possible we may be able to receive it thanks to the 6G networks of the future. This next-generation form of telecommunications is already being eyed for cellular deployment. But its range from 100 gigahertz into the terahertz frequencies positions it for another unintended use. According to an article in the IEEE Spectrum, waves utilized by 6G are easily absorbed by gases in the atmosphere. As such, scientists may be able to use the radio waves to discern what kind of atmospheric gases are present, especially the kind that imperil the well-being of the planet and those who live on it. The Spectrum article quoted from a research paper in the journal IEEE Network, in which Boston researcher Joseph Jornet suggests that because different molecules absorb electromagnetic radiation differently, scientists can employ 6G transmissions in much the same way spectroscopy can be used to identify which molecules are present and what their concentration is. Jornet, in fact, calls it over-the-air spectroscopy. Although 6G networks are not yet ready for prime time, the study's authors believe dual-purpose 6G networks of the future could have immense benefits. This is Kent Peterson, KC0, DGY. A new satellite inspired by a Slovakian businessman's daughter is a family-friendly CubeSat with an educational mission, and it's the first pink satellite to be sent into orbit. Jeremy Boot, G4NGH, introduces us. Slovakian businessman Boris Prochik is not just the father of a little girl named Veronika, is also the father of a pink nano-satellite of the same name. The amateur radio satellite was launched recently as part of a SpaceX mission aboard a Falcon 9 rocket after a successful build by Space Manic, a spin-off of the Slovak Organization for Space Activities. Those involved in the mission have declared the 1U CubeSat to be the first family-inspired satellite and certainly the first one that was built in the colour pink. Its features include a CW beacon and a digipeter. The download frequency is 436.680 MHz. Amateur Radio Club OM3KSI is operating the satellite and assisting with its various goals, which include getting grammar and high school students involved in receiving its transmissions, which will include special messages in CW and AX25 packet radio. The Prague Observatory and Planetarium Planetum will also share the educational use of the little satellite. This is Jeremy Bucci for NJH. A Chicago-area broadcast veteran and an active radio amateur has become a silent key. We hear about him from Andy Morrison, K9AWM. 
Orin Brand, K9KEJ, didn't just use radio as a licensed amateur. Listeners in the Chicago area knew him as Mike Jackson, an outspoken outdoorsman who hosted a radio program and wrote a column for more than two decades for the Daily Herald. He also spent a half century working in radio and TV. According to his page on QRZ.com, his love of radio began with ham radio in the 1950s when he was growing up in Chicago. As a radio professional, he hosted a conservative-leaning radio talk show that was broadcast at WCGO AM and live-streamed on the station's webpage as well as his own personal Mike Jackson webpage. An accomplished fisherman, he was inducted into the Freshwater Fishing Hall of Fame in 2011 as a legendary communicator. Oren Brand died on Wednesday, November 15th at the age of 79. This is Andy Morrison, K9AWM. There's nothing like planning ahead, and on one Pennsylvania University campus, the Ham Radio Club is planned well for the next solar eclipse, as we hear from Cell MB KB3TZD. The amateur radio station at the University of Scranton has a new shack that will feature a panoramic look of the Pennsylvania city whose name the school carries. But the best, most crowd-pleasing view will come not from looking out the floor-to-ceiling windows, but rather the new 40-foot tower and HF multiband antenna installed there earlier this month on the campus. Amateur station W3USR will be ready to get on the air and, even more importantly, will be working to provide a unique view of its own in April when the sun enters a total eclipse over North America. Campus hams will be participating in the work of HAMSI, the Citizen Science Research Organization, that has been assisting NASA's studies of how solar eclipses, such as the annular eclipse in October, affect the ionosphere and radio propagation. The installation was funded with the help of private donations and an amateur radio digital communications grant earlier this year of almost $200,000 provided to physics and electrical engineering professor Nathaniel Frissel, W2NAF, the creator of HAMSI. Of course, the collegiate amateurs will be keeping a close eye on terrestrial goings-on as well. The station also has VHF, UHF, satellite, and microwave capability, and can be part of the local emergency response network as well. Nathaniel, the club's advisor, has already helped many of the students receive the necessary emergency response training with the Luzerne County Emergency Communication Agency. This is Selembi, KB3TZD. The Ham Radio Workbench Podcast is fast approaching its 200th show, and it's going to celebrate on December 3rd with a big Herwabloda. No, I didn't just mispronounce another really large word. That's what the organizers are calling the event. It's short for Ham Radio Workbenches on the Air. The hosts are marking the occasion with a four-hour activation on HF, DMR, and All-Star that allows listeners to make contacts with each of the presenters and to score points. Be listening between 1800 UTC and 2200 UTC. No one's looking to make this difficult. If you work at least two hosts, you get a certificate of participation. There are bigger certificates too. See details on the website hrwbota.com. Imagine being missing from your family for 24 years. An alert amateur radio operator in India was able to end one man's long absence from home by simply keeping his eyes open, asking questions, and yes, using his radio. We hear the details from Jim Meachin, ZL2BHF. 
It was not an amateur radio contact, but a visit to a TV door at a bus station that led Hams in West Bengal to bring a former military engineer and his family together after the man went missing 24 years ago. The family had last seen him when he was 44 years old and his son was 15. According to news reports, the father disappeared while en route home to Uttar Pradesh from a military camp in Assam, where he had been posted with the military's engineering services department. According to a report on the Statesman website, the family was so certain that he had died in 2006 that they held a funeral ritual for him. His son, Raj Kumar, told local news media that in spite of that, he and his two sisters never gave up hope that they would see their father again. The man's wife, however, died a year and a half ago as the search for him continued. The secretary of the West Bengal Club, Ambrush Nar Biswar, VU2JFA, told the statesman that he had spotted a man repeatedly during his frequent visits to a tea vendor at a bus station during the past few months. He began inquiring about the elderly man, who apparently had only limited information about his family and their whereabouts. The ham shared with his own club what little information he could gather about the man's connections to Uttar Pradesh. West Bengal Hams contacted Hams in Uttar Pradesh and they located the man's remaining family members. As Newsline went to production, the Hams were working with local authorities to have the man return home. This is Jim Meachin, ZL2BHF. Time for you to identify your station. We are the Amateur Radio Newsline, heard on bulletin stations around the world, including D-Star Reflector 91C at 7.30 p.m. Melbourne Australian Time on Wednesdays or 0830 UTC. If you'd like to have a QSO with a prominent award winner or a whole bunch of them, now is the time to fire up your rig as we hear from Jason Daniels, VK2LAW. The name E.T. Krenkel, Ernest Teodorovich Krenkel, is well known for his wide range of contributions to amateur radio, including his notable Arctic and Antarctic expeditions. The HF Spectrum was his well-used tool for communication, experimentation and inspiration. There are 213 recipients of the E.T. Krenkel Medal, which was created to recognise individuals, organisations and other entities whose involvement in amateur radio exemplifies the polish and devotion of Krenkel, who became a silent key in 1971. This year, on the 120th anniversary of his birth, the Krenkel Medal Committee has introduced a certificate that amateur radio stations and shortwave listeners can earn by making contact with or giving a reception report for as many medal recipients as possible worldwide. Each confirmed contact is worth 10 points and a minimum of 120 points is required. A bonus of 50 points will be awarded for any shortwave or amateur radio contact with RK3F, the radio station of the Central Museum of Amateur Radio in Moscow. Points will be doubled for any contact or shortwave reception with medal recipients on Krenkel's birthday, December 24th, the official day of remembrance for Krenkel. This is Jason Daniels, VK2LAW. 
Congratulations to Jeff DeLusne, KB9QG, Vice President of the Northeastern Indiana Amateur Radio Association, who was awarded the ARRL Technical Services Award. The award recognizes his ongoing work with the repair and maintenance of the radios and equipment at the club, where he keeps the antennas tuned and, when needed, rebuilt. He also customizes equipment for the club's needs when necessary. In addition, Jeff is responsible for training new hams and assisting others with upgrading their licenses. He was given the award by the ARRL Central Division Director, Carl Lutzelschwab, K9LA. Hams throughout IARU Region 1 are setting aside a day to celebrate radio's growing accessibility for persons with disabilities. Jeremy Boot, G4NJH, tells us how to get involved. The United Nations has declared the 3rd of December to be the International Day of Persons with Disabilities. Organisers in Region 1 of the International Amateur Radio Union have been busy coordinating events for member societies. This is a day to recognise and celebrate the accessibility that amateur radio provides to everyone, either through special equipment designed to be used by hams with various disabilities or recognising nets organised by disabled amateurs. Activities on this day celebrate the inclusion that radio offers despite many individuals' personal challenges. The Region 1 coordinator, Riri, OD5RI, told Newsline in an email that many member societies will be participating by getting on the air with special call signs. There will also be other on-air events to raise awareness of the ongoing need for ham radio to be an inclusive community. Individual operators and member societies will be honoured for their participation. Riri said the activities support the global programme's sustainable development goals, which include the removal of inequality. This is Jeremy Boot, G4NJH. In the world of DX, listen for Yuri VE3DZ operating as 5B4AQW until the 28th of November. He will participate in the CQ Worldwide DXCW contest on November 25th and 26th as P3D, QSL via his home call. Listen for DEMA, RA9USU, using the call sign 7073T on Socotra Island, IOTA number AF028, until the 28th of November. He is operating mainly CW with some FT8 and will participate in the CQ Worldwide CW Contest. CQRZ.com for QSL details. The Radio Club DeLion F8KLY will be on the air as TM1AB from the 25th of November to the 9th of December. The club is marking the 100-year anniversary of the first transatlantic amateur two-way contact between Leon Deloy F8AB and Fred Schnell 1MO on the 28th of November in 1923. For details, cqrz.com. Keith, GM4YXI, and Chris, GM3WOJ, are in the Shetland Islands, IOTA number EU012. They will participate in the CQ Worldwide DXCW contest as GS7V. Before and after the contest, listen for them operating as GS2MP. CQRZ.com for QSL details. For our final story, we ask, what can you do with a can of ham? Well, you can make a sandwich for one thing, or you can make a contact on a local repeater. John Williams, VK4JJW, explains.
Viewers of his YouTube channel, Ham Radio Rookie, now know that Ben Eady VE6SFX has become a man with a can and a plan. The can once contained ham, and the plan for the can was grand. Ben first ate the ham, washed the can, and got to his plan. He turned it into an antenna. That's right, an antenna. It was Ben's latest experiment on his channel's new feature called Will It Ham? The seven-minute video shows him attaching a PVC pipe, adding a few 3D-printed pieces to the assembly, and putting a jumper on it to turn it into a slot antenna. After finding a likely feed point, he checks it with a nano-VNA and declares it beautifully resonant on 70 centimetres and ready for a radio check on a local repeater with the help of a friend. He tells his friend, I'm talking to you via a can of ham, and the good signal report that comes back is clearly no baloney. His friend asks, would the antenna be as resonant if the ham was still inside? <laughs> That's a question Ben could surely sink his teeth into. Meanwhile, he tells YouTube viewers that he's in search of other possible projects that are too absurd for anyone else to do. What's in his future? Perhaps he'll turn a tin of tuna into a tuna. This is John Williams, VK4JJW. If you have a piece of amateur radio news that you think Newsline would be interested in, send it on. We're not talking about advertising your club's upcoming ham fest or field day participation, but something that is out of the ordinary. If so, send us a brief overview via the contact page at arnewsline.org. If it's newsworthy and we would like to cover it, we'll get back to you for more details. Meanwhile, if you're feeling even a little bit poetic, visit our website to learn more about the Amateur Radio Newsline Haiku Challenge. Use the entry form on our website and please follow the rules for writing your three-line haiku and be sure to check out our previous winners. With thanks to Amateur Radio Daily, AMSAT News Service, ARRL, Bob Josewhite, WA3PZO, The Chicago Sun-Times, CQ Magazine, David BR, K7DB, The DeKalb County Star, FCC, 425DX News, Hackaday, Hap Holly, KC9RP, The IEEE Statesman, Crinkle Metal Committee, QRZ.com, Riri Azarak, OD5RI, The Royal News, ShortwaveRadio.de, Space Manic, The Statesman, The Times of India, Wireless Institute of Australia, YouTube and your listeners. That's all from the Amateur Radio Newsline. We remind our listeners that Amateur Radio Newsline is an all-volunteer non-profit organization that incurs expenses for its continued operation. If you wish to support us, please visit our website at arnewsline.org and know that we appreciate you all. We also remind our listeners that if you like our newscast, please leave us a five-star rating wherever you subscribe to us. For now, with Karen Eve Murray, KD2GUT at the News Desk in New York, and our news team worldwide. I'm Neil Rapp, WB9VPG, in Union, Kentucky, saying 7-3, and as always, we thank you for listening. Amateur Radio Newsline is copyright 2023, all rights reserved.